0: Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the Faculty at ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons, which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. Good morning everyone, so great to be here, lots of memories of coming here as a student myself during my DMIN studies and to be able to participate in, in chapel and uh, enjoy the, the service so far and and Connor I don't know you but I do know your dad as you said, he was actually in my, my DMIN classes. Uh, and uh, I appreciate your prayer, uh, but re- what really stood out was that God knows every hair on our head. And that's uh, <laughs> uh, just something that really, uh, really resonated with me. <laughs> so uh, thank you for allowing me to, to be here. Uh, let us pray, and then we'll, we'll get into to God's word. God, we thank you for this this time together, for the opportunity to worship. Uh, for the opportunity to sing, to pray, to hear from your holy scriptures, we ask God that you would be present with us, that you would open up our minds and our hearts to whatever you would have for us this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I'm going to assume that you have read through the Gospels uh, a number of times and. I would also assume that you probably have noticed that one of the activities that Jesus seems to do on a regular basis is to heal people. He always seems to be traveling around and he'll bump into someone who has a disability and he will heal them and it's just a, an incredible moment. What I would like to ask you is just to take a, a moment to reflect When you read those passages, when Jesus is healing a blind person or a deaf person, what is it that comes to mind? What is the the reaction that you have on the inside? Uh, One response might be that you are just amazed by Jesus' power and authority, and it just makes you want to just praise God Just that not even the most debilitating disability can stand before Jesus, and you're just in awe of how great Jesus is in that moment. Or else, you might be struck by Jesus's compassion, that as he's traveling around and, and he's got this this very busy agenda, that he sees people who are suffering terribly with a disability, and he is not going to let them suffer anymore. He's going to step in. He's going to relieve them of that disability and they're going to be just fine. Those are pretty common reactions and, and, and responses that I've had uh, quite often as I've read through the Gospels. What I'd like to ask you, how do you think a person with a disability might hear those stories? In my previous congregation, we had quite a few people with disabilities and I would regularly preach through the Gospels and I would come to a passage where Jesus is healing a blind person. And as I'd be reading that scripture, I would look into the pews and and close to the front there, I would see Bonnie and Joanne, uh, two uh, ladies in our church who were both born blind. And there they would be sitting there and I would be thinking, how are they hearing this scripture? I'd be preaching on how Jesus or one of the apostles would call upon uh, a man uh, who was lame and uh, ask him to, to stand up and to carry his mat and to walk away. And as I would read that passage, I would look at Omar, who was videoing our services for our live streams as he sat in his wheelchair. How was he hearing these passages? Uh, For many people, maybe when you read these healing passages, you are filled with praise over the power and the compassion of Jesus. There are other people, people with disabilities, who read these passages, and do you know what they read? They see a Jesus who looks upon people like them as broken people who need to be fixed. And some people with disabilities, when they read the Gospels, they wonder, is this something for them is there a message there for them is there a jesus there for them for many of them they identify what they read in the gospels with some of the harmful experiences that they have had in church uh, before i became a pastor i uh, attended a church and uh, i was part of a, a college and career uh, sunday school that we had before the service and, and one particular sunday there was just two of us that showed up plus the the person who was teaching And uh, this was a a congregation that really saw a lot of continuity between the healing ministry of of Jesus and the apostles and the church today. And as we were sitting there, and I think that the person who was leading the the study thought, you know, there's only two that showed up today. Uh, Maybe we should do something different. And he looked at the other person who came, who was someone who had a severe brain injury. And so he was in a wheelchair, and he couldn't speak clearly, and he had a lot of disabilities that went with that. And he looked at him and determined that if Jesus heals, there's no good reason for that young man to be in a wheelchair. And so he instructed me to help him as we lifted this guy up out of his wheelchair. And for an hour, we walked him, we attempted to walk him, up and down the aisles, encouraging him just to receive the healing that Jesus already had for him. Well, at the end of that hour, he was not healed. Uh, he was physically exhausted, and he was spiritually traumatized. I have no idea if he has anything to do with church. I'll tell you that that story uh, haunts me that I participated in that and that I didn't speak up when that, uh, that was taking on. How does a church respond To people with disabilities what are we supposed to do are we supposed to pray for the healing Uh, what other ways are we supposed to respond to people with disabilities well i'm kind of partial but I, i want to go to jesus i want to see what jesus has to say and i especially want to take a look at this passage that was read for us so this is the story of Artemis. and it's fairly typical of the healing stories we find in the gospels That Jesus is traveling around. He bumps into someone with a disability. Uh, He heals the person, and there's much rejoicing. So we see this over and over again. Uh, Part of the thing that's typical is that Bartimaeus is begging. Uh, He doesn't have much social supports there. There's nothing really official. Uh, He relies on on the charity of others, and so he begs for his, his money. And just imagine how isolating that is. Think about uh, when you walk by a person who's begging today, how do you respond to them? How do you interact? And so it must have been a very isolating experience that he had. Uh, even his name, Bartimaeus, is actually not really a name. It's the son of Timaeus. Uh, so we're not even given his real name. We're just told who his father is. And so another part of, of this story. And so he hears this, this loud noise as a crowd is 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 passing by, and he hears that something is going on. He probably heard the the name Jesus being spoken, and perhaps he he knew Jesus by reputation. He had heard the stories about the healings and the miracles and all the other things, and he begins to yell out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, and then people try to shut him up. Stop it. Stop it. We're trying to enjoy this moment. Be quiet. You're disrupting, and he would just get louder. Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus hears him. And Jesus calls him to come, come forward and has a conversation with him. And Jesus heals him. And it's just a, a wonderful story. And the, the, the standard reading of this passage is that there's a irony going on here. That the people who can physically see Uh, like the disciples, like the crowd, like other people around, uh, can't see who Jesus really is. But the blind man who can't see anything can actually see that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the son of David. So there's a lot of irony going on there. And that is a valid uh, reading of it. And I think that that's what the gospel writers are actually trying to to get across in this passage. But I want to take a, a step back and ask, how would a person with a disability read this passage they might actually pick up on something that many people would just pass over very quickly because what happens here in this conversation is not that uh, jesus hears his message have mercy on me and says oh, oh yes definitely of course i'm going to have mercy on you uh, I, be prepared to receive your sight you are about to be healed that's not what Jesus says. Jesus actually says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Well, as modern readers, we might be thinking, that's kind of a stupid question, isn't it? I mean, he's a blind man. He needs to be healed. It's, it's very obvious. Why are you asking this question? But is it obvious? Maybe his mother was on her deathbed. Uh, maybe... Uh, his brother was in a Roman jail. Maybe he had children and they had gone off in the wrong direction. He could have had any kind of need there that was more pressing to him in that moment than blindness. Now, ended up that he wanted to be healed of, of blindness, but the point is Jesus gave him some agency here. He actually asked him to offer what it is that he wanted to have uh, Jesus, do for him. Now, with those words of Jesus ringing in our ears, I want to think about what it means for us today to respond to people with disabilities in our church. And so I did my doctorate ministry here at Acadia, and my thesis was on disability ministry, especially for smaller churches, so not necessarily churches that could do massive pro- programs. And so part of my research was uh, interviewing uh, both parents and uh, individuals with disabilities. And it wasn't part of my set out questions, but in almost every interview I did, there were stories of unsolicited and unwanted uh, prayers for healing. Now you might think, well, praying for healing, that, that just sounds so straightforward. And yet there were times when people were confronted Uh, without them requesting it, uh, people would just come and say, you know what, I see you in that wheelchair. And that's so unacceptable. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And so I'm going to pray for you. And you're going to get up after uh, we pray. And it's going to be great. And they would pray and the person wouldn't be able to get up and then they would be condemned for having lack of faith and, and so on. And there was a lot of spiritual trauma, Uh, that was going on. In fact, uh, in all those interviews, there was only one person who didn't experience that. And that was because he belonged to a church uh, who didn't believe that Jesus healed anymore. And so he was safe from that. Uh, But every other church, they they, uh, they had problems. And there was just some terrible uh, stories that we actually experienced that uh, ourselves. We have uh, two children with autism. And just after those diagnoses, we had a number of friends who came to us Uh, quite frustrated with us saying why do your children still have autism why don't you just say you're healed in jesus name and just receive the healing and then you're done why are you working through all this autism stuff and and getting therapy and 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 all this like they they thought that we were in some ways uh just not treating our children right because our children had not been healed and so that was traumatizing for us as we're trying to to deal with the, uh, the grief after having a, a diagnosis like that. And so these are, are some of the things that they go on. You know, it's interesting. I, I mentioned that there was a couple of uh, ladies who were blind. Uh, one of them came to me uh, after a service and she said, uh, thank you so much for making me feel welcome in this church. And I thought, well, okay. She's probably meaning that, you know, we, we meet her at the elevator. We give her a ride up in the elevator. Uh, we'll get coffee for her uh, you know she was kind of short so we had a, like a special stool that's a Bonnie's stool and we, it, we, it would be there in the pew those are the things that i was thinking that we were doing that made her feel welcome but that's not what she was talking about she said i feel so welcome here because you've never tried to impose healing upon me and she was quite content to be blind she was born blind that was her life that was her experience And she was very happy with that experience. What is it you want me to do for you? So many churches will come to me and say, how do we become welcoming and inclusive of people with disabilities? I would say, go back to these words of Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Don't assume that you know what a person with a disability needs. You don't necessarily know. When I think about, again, our experience with our children with autism, uh, when that diagnosis happened, uh, people in our congregation, they assumed that what we really needed was a cure for autism. And so people would do research, they would find articles and and, uh, supplements and diets and and, uh, miracle cures and whatever, and they would just pass on this information all the time because uh, their assumption was our basic need was for our children to no longer have autism. That wasn't what our need was. Our need actually was met a couple of years later when I took a break from pastoral ministry. And we were sitting uh, in the congregation and we were just a, a few rows from the front and my son was making noise during the sermon. And there were some people in the congregation who were giving us dirty looks. And that's a very common thing as if uh, you give a child with autism a dirty look and they're going to respond in a positive way, thinking, oh, I guess I will we'll, all be, uh, be fine. So uh, the, the pastor who was preaching recognized that this was going on and he stopped in the middle of the sermon and, and said, isn't it great that everyone is welcome here? And he just tackled it right on. And we felt seen in that moment. That's what we needed. That's when we received exactly what we needed. Don't assume that a person with a disability, what they really need is a special program down in the basement for people with disabilities that you can do a special thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It might be that what that person with a disability needs is the opportunity to share their gifts and their talents and their abilities in the congregation and to minister to others. Uh, Don't assume that what the person needs is to be fixed of their disability Maybe what they need is to be able to transform you. What we need is a renewed vision of the church as the body of Christ, in which all parts of the body are valued and respected and treated with love. I love the Bible. I love the Gospels. I love the story of Jesus. I love the stories of his power and authority, of the compassion and the love that he shows people. But I also am aware that when I read the Gospels, I read it through my own lens. I read it through my own experience. How do other people read these stories, people with other experiences? How do people with disabilities read these stories? Are the Gospels for them as well? When we read about Jesus healing every person with a disability that he bumps into, how do they hear those stories? Does that reflect their experience in the church where they find that well-meaning Christians see them as broken people that need to be fixed? The story of Bartimaeus is not the full answer. There's going to be uh, uncomfortable times when people will read these stories. But I believe that the story of Bartimaeus is part of one piece of the puzzle in which Jesus instead of just jumping into the healing, asks the person, what do you want me to do for you? This actually brings up a uh, a theme that came up in my research about the difference between curing and healing. Uh, The idea of that is that curing is basically uh, removing whatever the, the physical affliction is. Healing is something deeper, it may include that, but it may include something deeper, something that touches our soul, something that touches our heart. Maybe churches need to get our our eyes off of curing and focus on healing. What we need to do as congregations and as individual Christians is to go back to the words of Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Let us pray. God, we thank you for the stories of Jesus, and we thank you for the healing stories. But we acknowledge that when we read these stories, we see them through our own lens, we interpret it through our own experience. Help us to open up our minds to how others might read these stories. Help us to think about those with disabilities and how, our assumptions might shape the way we try to make them welcome. And maybe in our well-meaning attempts, actually make things more difficult. Help us to stop assuming and to actually give them agency for their own experience in the church. To offer them a say as to how they will be welcomed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday.